When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is gayish. The podcast where we can't top. <laughs> We won't top. <laughs> we take meds that cause ED. We have situational anxiety. We can't top. Oh. No, we won't top. We bottom, we douche nightly. <laughs> Don't eat nothing but salad greens. Yeah, yeah. I'm Mike Johnson. <laughs> I'm Kyle the Miley Getz. We're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And, and today, that was magical, Kyle. Th- thank you so much. You're, and you're welcome. Uh, today we are not talking about Miley Cyrus because no one fucking voted for her. Yeah. But we are going to talk about her uh, on our bonus episode because even though you didn't vote for her, you and I voted for her and want yeah. to talk about her. I voted for her in my heart. Me too. My heart voted for her. I picked her. So Yeah. 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 But anyway, we're going to talk about sex tourism. We're going to talk about sex tourism, a, which is just a blatant ratings grab on my part. So. I, well, it worked because that's what everyone fucking voted for because like the word sex is in it. Y'all are dirty, horny motherfuckers and you deserve this. You sluts. You dirty slut. Take what we give you. Take it. Because you love it. Take it. And I love y'all for it. Oh, but first. But first, I have a correction. Okay. Did you have something? Did I fuck up again? No, I did. Oh, okay, okay great. This is from AE. Uh, I mentioned oh, yeah. Dr. Oz as someone who just said they, they're they like, we should just lie and say we have a doctorate. And I mentioned like Dr. Oz. AE corrected me and a, uh, Dr. Oz has an MD in cardiology and used to work as a professor of surgery at, this is from AE's email, a professor of surgery at Columbia University. I'm picking out pieces um, that I wanted to quote, I have no interest in defending him, but one, I wanted to clarify that point. And two, I think it's worth pointing out that just because he's turned quack doesn't mean that he never had any credentials. Maybe he believes in the nonsense he sells, maybe not, but he's not the kind of liar that Kyle was railing against. Honestly, I don't know which kind of liar is worse or more dangerous. Yeah. I agree. I, I agree. Think there's a level of ineptitude that's dangerous. But there's all, but I'm more scared of the intelligent evil. Oh, oh, interesting. I have a another fear. What's that? That our system of licensure and qualification gives us the feeling of safety, mm. and the number of fuck faces that are idiots that make it through that safety net should make us question the safety net. Yeah, but like it, it's. <laughs> It's going to be imperfect. Like, there, we shouldn't be clarifying your political positions to get a doctorate. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. Anyway, thank you for saying that. Also, I will add that AE also said, quote, as for Mike dropping his drawers all the way to go potty, I'm very confused by this. I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. Don't, Mike, but I don't understand what's going on. Okay, here, fine. <laughs> everyone, everyone, shut up. <laughs> I I hereby commit to 
the next time I poop. Okay. Taking a picture of where my clothing is. Well. Uh, and <laughs> and everyone everyone can weigh in. Are you imagining this helping your case? I'm imagining it. No, there are some people have been like giving me benefit of the doubt that I don't deserve. I you, and, you and said it. I just, I just want, I just want to be, I just want to be. I just want you to be just want to, you just want to put your nasty right out there in their face and be like, you look at, look at my nasty. It's yeah. like when I hold my dog's face in his poop. And it's oh like, yeah. Look at what you've done. Oh yeah. Well, next Here's time, I, what I'm doing. Next time, I think I'm gonna have to shit. I'm gonna take my socks and shoes off too, just so I get that sweet, sweet foot action going. And. <laughs> Ew, why, my, why are your feet wet, Mike? Don't worry about it. That's not information that's for you. It's yep. for, it's for Patreon or whatever. Yep. Okay, that was my update or my correction. Does no. you you didn't have more than one? I thought you no, no, no. Uh, that's it. Okay. Well, also then feedback. Anecdotally, at least in my worlds, which mm-hmm. I, are largely Facebook and Discord, mm-hmm. people had a lot of opinions about Twary the Twonk. <laughs> and they ranged from he's hilarious and I love him to please God make it stop I want him to die he received one death threat wow so wow uh, yeah uh, Twary doesn't have to live with that death threat you the person that made the death threat have to live with that that's yeah. on you not Twary absolutely absolutely I just I'm gonna fucking kill you back <laughs> okay now you both have to live with it I, I stand corrected <laughs> Oh god. Uh, the thing is the more you try to make it not happen, the more it's going to happen. Okay. I voted for Dr. Oz. Yeah. <laughs> He's a genius. Here's here's the thing everyone needs to know about you, Kyle. <laughs> you like to play chicken and win. <laughs> like Wait, What do you mean by that? I mean the like who's going to blink, who's going to flinch? Oh. Like you 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 will you're not a you're not a backer downer. You're 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 a you're a keep going until it's funny again. I'm sexually aroused by Nancy <laughs> Pelosi, and as a Republican, that scares me. <laughs> Twary, I forgot Twary is a Republican. Thanks, yeah. Oh Twary. yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's a weird thing to say, Twary. You're also you said you were gay. All so right, I'm I gonna don't... I'm gonna save all of us. Here's the news. Shut your mouth, hole. Is... I already no, not yet. What? Uh, we are doing a survey. Oh, that's right. I asked you if you had another thing, and you're like, I had no, no more corrections, but another thing. Um, <laughs> God. We're so good at this. Now you shut up. Okay. Now you shut up, and I talk. Um, uh, we're doing hey, a- Hey, Mike. Talk about the survey. Oh, thank you so much, Mike. I will. Um, we're doing a survey. We've never done this before, but we want your input on what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, hopefully constructive feedback to help make everything better. That includes the show. That includes our, our Patreon. We just want to know more about who you are and learn from you. And we're so, I don't know, hopefully you'll will help us out. Uh, tell us your honest opinions in a nice way um you can find the survey it'll it's going on this month so by the end of the month make sure you fill it out gayishpodcast.com slash survey that will redirect you to a survey survey monkey link and we will be giving three you'll if you want to put in your email address you'll be entered into a drawing to win a 50 dollars gift certificate to gay pride apparel they are an lgbt owned uh pride 
cl- clothes. They sell apparel. clothes and stuff. They do apparel. <laughs> it's in the name. Why do you need to explain this to you? <laughs> Stupid. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, pl- fill it out. It'll be very helpful for us. And you know, if there's anything you want us to know or do to make the show better, we want to hear about it. We're gonna finger our audience. Says Pulse. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and if they're still alive, hopefully they'll <laughs> fill this out. So, yeah, do do that. Do it. Now, now, here's the news. Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News, news, news. News the first. Mara Healy has been sworn in as this country's first lesbian governor. Wow. Mara Healy is now officially the first out lesbian governor in the United States. Uh, she's a Democrat. Weird. <laughs> uh, was sworn in last Thursday as governor of Massachusetts. Uh, she's also the first woman to be governor of the state of Massachusetts. She and Lieutenant Governor Kim Driscoll are the first pair of women to hold the top two offices in any state. Wow. So good job, Massachusetts. They're for- not just coming for the top. They're coming for the top and the st- Mid, top middle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also today, the day that we're taping this, Monday the 9th, uh, the second lesbian governor in United States history was uh, inaugurated uh, in the state of Oregon. Democrat, weird. <laughs> Tina Kotek, not Kotex. Tina, Tina Kotek <laughs> oh, no. was sworn in as Oregon's governor uh, Monday, uh, joining Healy as the first out lesbian governors in our nation's history. Congrats. Yeah. To us. <laughs> Congrats, lesbians. And America. And America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, I, I think it's, I think it's really great, but like. We say this a lot, like firsts keep happening and yeah. a lot of them kind of you wonder why it hadn't already happened and like lesbians get shit done. I would have expected a lesbian governor before now. First but. governor. Yeah, I uh, this is a surprise that the first we're in that period, I think, past when things have become more acceptable, but we don't realize how in certain areas like politics, like in sports, things are behind the and You know, we're regressing in other areas like trans rights and, and drag queens uh, who had that on their list of like watch out they're coming for you know like yeah. so uh, it's just we're in this weird space where there's both acceptance and strong non-acceptance and so yeah that that's awesome that some of these first that i thought it probably already happened are happening yep yep well i will also say uh healy's inauguration party was held thursday night and the event was headlined by brandy carlisle <laughs> i don't know who that Known lesbian singer songwriter oh. Brandy Carlisle. Oh, great, great. She's <laughs> uh, Healy said, "Quote: I knew if I had the opportunity to choose one person who's going to play at our inauguration, it was going to be Brandy Carlisle." Uh, and so she did. Already making shit happen. Yeah. News the second. Yeah. What I forget exactly how you put it, but like who who had drag queens are coming for us? No, on- no they're yeah yeah. Who thought that drag they would come after our drag queens? Like I just didn't have that on my radar at all. I thought with RuPaul's Drag Race, I thought we were making progress. I thought that was just making people see how amazing and like people have been like going to bars and watching that. That's put drag queens mainstream and that's done so much. But I mean, conservative is going to conservative. Yep. Speaking of which, the state of Arizona just started their legislative session and two Republican weird Arizona lawmakers uh, have opened the legislative session by throwing out three bills specifically fucking with drag queens and drag shows. 
So State Senator Anthony Kern filed one bill that would ban drag performances during certain hours, trying to get rid of drag brunches. And listen, you fucker, don't fuck with brunch. Don't fuck with our drag brunches. <laughs> Are you serious? Have you ever been to a dr- You cannot go to a drag brunch and dislike it. You have never set foot in a drag brunch. It is an amazing experience. Uh, well, so the drag brunch bill, or if you want to call it that, says that a drag show can't take place between 1 a.m. and 8 a.m. Monday through Saturday or between 1 a.m. and noon on Sundays. This sounds like liquor. It sounds like they're liquor. Like, uh, if we ban it during this time, our, no one will go out and try to buy, you know, drag queens from the grocery store. Like, that's so weird. Yeah. Well, and it also it puts drag shows in the same category for regulation purposes as performances featuring nudity. Hmm. Another bill prohibits them uh, drag shows on public property or any location where they could be viewed by a minor, which that sounds like fucking Russia, you mm-hmm. shitbirds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, lastly, uh, a bill to ban the use of state funds for drag shows that target minors. Hmm. Um. Which, uh, I really it's like this. Why this is what you're spending your time on? These Arizona. are your priorities. <laughs> There's a mass shooting every other day in our country, and you're like drag queens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly dudes who fucking put on a dress and paint and go out and dance or read books to kids. That's too far over the line. Yep. Well, there's a uh, who is this person? Richard Stevens is a Phoenix area entertainer who performs in drag as Barbara Seville said on a station KJZZ, it's KJZ, that that anti-drag legislation, quote, is a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. This is the bathroom bills, too. Like, that problem was not a thing. Yep. The the angertainment that you keep reading about, it's where you raise money and you get clicks by trying to outrage people. Fuck you, Republicans. You're dickbag assholes, and I hate you. I hope you all except, die. <laughs> except if you listen to this show. Keep living so you can he- keep hitting that play button. <laughs> Love those downloads. I, the, the thing that's wrapped up into this that I just really, really hate is this, I think, pr- pretty new rhetoric that drag shows are sexual. Mm-hmm. Not that they allude to sex sometimes, or that sexuality is a part of what it's happening. This rhetoric on rhetoric on the right that drag is sex, that it is lewd in and of itself, even if it's just if she's just in a fabulous dress and standing there lip syncing, that is sexual. Yeah, and I that that's the 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 fuel behind these these bills right we have to regulate it as if it were nudity we have to regulate it to make sure that no minors see it it's just so fucking stupid they view us as obscene the people we are our community everyone in our community they view us as obscene just by existing and to be fair i'm pretty obscene well (laughs) but that's the thing some of us are obscene but also you would probably tailor that towards the time and place. You wouldn't sit in a Salesforce meeting and say, fuck all you goddamn cunt assholes. Like, you would probably... You don't know what I do with my dick. I... I <laughs> nor do I need or want to. But just, like, it's it's just... It doesn't matter. They don't understand that we are not this image they've created of, of us. They just view, view our existence as obscene. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, drag queens. That sucks. It's also, by the way, not expected to pass because Arizona has a brand new Democrat governor mm. who uh, she has already expanded LGBT rights for state employees on her first day in office. Oh, amazing. So uh, it's unlikely that even if they were to get momentum in the legislature that any of these would be signed by her. Mm. So that's a veto. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be a veto. Uh, news the last. Great. Okay, great. The American Dialect Society who apparently takes longer to get their shit together than other things that we've talked about, has talked about their 2022 word of the year. <laughs> Did you hear this already? I Well, I saw something, and I, if it's what I think it is, they've named, I hate it. They've, they've named suffix of the year as ussy. <laughs> I think it's so funny that, the first of all, American Dialect Society, God bless you. Thank you so much sure. for your contributions to to us. Um, it's a collection of linguists, lexicographers, 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 linguists, lexicographers, etymologists, professors, historians, and scholars. And uh, they declared on Friday, the sixth of January, that Ussi is the word of the year. Can you imagine being in that meeting room? Like, you know what I what. The suffix I love, ussy. Why? You know, it's because of bussy. You know, boy pussy. It's like that. Like, and the historians are like, "Oh, I've not investigated the origins of this ussy." Like, can yeah. I just? Yeah. Ben Zimmer, chair of the American Dialect Society's New Words Committee and language columnist for the Wall Street Journal, said the selection of ussy highlights how quote creativity in new word formation has been embraced online in venues like tiktok the playful suffix builds off the word pussy to generate new slang terms the process has been so productive lately on social media sites and elsewhere that it has been dubbed ussification <laughs> thanks i hate it i hate it so much um i hate the word pussy i i yeah you how do you you i don't i don't i don't like it I don't You've like never it. like texted someone and been like, let me get in that pussy? Absolutely not. Okay. No, I'm offended that you would even ask. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> things you get. I don't know what you do with your dick. <laughs> and this is part of it. Well, <laughs> this is... I, I have a mussy. It's a man pussy. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. This is not meant for boys. This is for men. <laughs> I see. I see. Would you ever call it a mussy cat? <laughs> <laughs> Meow. <laughs> um... <laughs> Hold on, I gotta hock up a hairball. <laughs> Bussy uh, has been around for a while, but um, it gained meme notoriety when Rocket Man star Taryn Egerton read out thirsty tweets on YouTube. And uh, one tweet that he read during the 2019 segment said, quote, Taron Egerton is a white boy that I trust to destroy my bussy. <laughs> and that's when it became more more uh, mainstream. Uh, he was apparently very confused and asked a person behind the camera what a bussy is before being shocked by the answer. <laughs> Uh, Lil Nas X joked that his bussy water broke when he delivered <laughs> Montero. <laughs> well, yeah, he had that whole like publicity around like he was pregnant and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, apparently, bussy is not the first ossification that oh. happened. That thrussy, 
throat pussy. Oh, I heard of that after bussy. It, but it that it, it the origins are before that. It's, huh. It went viral on Tumblr before bussy became a thing. I had no idea. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah. I'm uh, a pussy. Runners up include it included insurrection, fake news, dumpster fire, <laughs> and other topical vocabulary. That's the news. You skipped right over Twerry's inputs, and I, I think that was on purpose. I just, I don't, I'm afraid of the Twerry haters, Kyle. Yeah? Yeah. I think, I think that they're motivated and. <laughs> or they're organized. <laughs> they're motivated. They're condescending as fuck. Their rage <laughs> they, knows no bounds. They have opinions. <laughs> Look, the first, first death threat we've received. Oh, congratulations to us. <laughs> I love that for us. I th- things I also love for us are getting new Patreon members. So I would like to thank the following Patreon members: uh, Yoshi Sawatsky. Good, good. I think I think that was a good swing. Yeah, um, yeah. Augusta Wind. And oh, come on now. What did you read that last week? I don't think so. Oh, if so, if I did, you got twice the name for only the one price. You have to pay us more next month because Just- I love me a pun. What was, did you have a good pun or a bad pun? The name. Oh, I just heard it. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. I was so scared of reading. You know, like when they call you popcorn and then like all of a sudden you can't read anymore. This is like me. Whenever I'm looking at my notes, I'm like terrified that I'm going to forget how to read. So I don't like. Okay. <laughs> I record this show terrified. I don't know if you know this. Okay. Andrew, Andrew Bugby. That's no. not a pun, is it? No. You have to tell me. Okay, I will. <laughs> okay. Indie with a Y. Just Indie? Just Indie. Like like with a Y. Like the like the Jones's dog. Like the five hundred. Um and Chaz Jackson. So, sorry, Miss Jackson. Sorry, Miss Woo! I am for real. Uh thank you to all our new Patreon members. If you want to join to get bonus segments every week, bonus episodes and mom's planning every month and ad free episodes and episodes a day early and lots of other stuff you can look at all the benefits and options at patreon.com slash gauge podcast and if you want us to do a tour this year sign up because we're so close to to tour time we're so close to tour time <laughs> hashtag tour time and we're so close to doing a commentary track in our original very first episode which is something that y'all said y'all wanted so yeah. help us get there do it are you ready you're talking about sex tourism Finally, yeah so, uh, Patreon, y'all voted for this. Overwhelmingly. Overwhelmingly. I don't think we... I've seen a wallop since um, uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather was in the ring with... I don't know. I don't know any sports references. Since the Dodge baseball team beat up the Mets in 92. I don't. I don't think I've seen as overwhelming of a vote on our Patreon vote as I have on this one. 90% or 80% or something of you voted for sex tourism. The other two options got like 10% each of the vote. So you want to hear about sex tourism real bad, or at least maybe you hated the other two options. I thought your, your other, so you did this. So you keep, you keep winning. Mm -hmm. Um, Good for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I put in. That's why we're doing a survey so that maybe you can learn about our audience. Maybe I can learn enough <laughs> to win. I, there's going to be a secret Kyle question that's like, help me win. <laughs> help me help. We all win if I win. You also put in popes, which that was timely yeah. and that would have been interesting. Yeah. 
and not happening now nope so. nope nope <laughs> miley cyrus we are you and i just picked that like we wanted to do that one um because she was did the new year's eve performance with dolly parton she has a new album coming out and i love her i don't know how you will learn more about how you feel about her yeah in the episode if you're subscribed to the patreon yep is she another taylor swift oh you have, have to find out yeah yeah does mike hate her Okay. I put sex tourism because I wanted to talk about sex tourism, and then I realized well after the vote had begun, I don't even really know what it is. What? What is? That? Oh my <laughs> god! I had to. I this was one I was like, I can. It was just guesses based on the phrase. Not. I didn't actually know what it is. I want to talk about just real quickly. Yeah. Sex while you're touring, not sex tourism, but the CDC has pages on both sex while you're traveling abroad. Mm. and sex tourism oh okay that's I, good yeah i it was like very interesting that they had a page on sex tourism because it's an important health issue that yeah. needs to be addressed and we need to not be embarrassed about it yeah. like i'm embarrassed about the word pussy yeah we need to actually talk about it but some of the stats that had, when traveling internationally not sex tourism just having sex approximately 20 to 34 <laughs> what <laughs> not tourism just banging just banging abroad <laughs> Yeah, um, approximately twenty to thirty-four percent of international travelers travelers engage in casual sex. Sure, and of those, is like forty-three to forty-nine percent have unprotected sex. Oh wow! This is where where it becomes then a health issue and especially a, a public health issue that we need to care about. And it mentioned in the the thing it was like because all this was like referencing studies that have been done to say you know here kind of the ranges the estimates and it said it, studies are conflicted on whether men who have sex with men use condoms uh, more or less or engage in riskier behaviors or ever <laughs> okay <laughs> well you're okay this is you're playing into the stereotype that i was angry about that, like they they didn't bring up any other category of people with non-definitive answers they didn't bring up anyone else and say like some data says yes and other data says no so you you brought indecisive information that doesn't help me at all about men who have sex with men and the only reason is because the assumption is that we have risky sex with no condoms it's like in the news when they do a story but they like include the word may in the headline and then i stop listening yeah like, yeah or like Alleged, like that is just everywhere, just to cover their ass. They really just want to say the thing they're saying anyway. Yeah, like they know that doesn't people will ignore that ignore that word and just believe it's true. It, it, it was I, I don't know. Do you think that sh should be included in that? I think it's a thing that they should have studied, and if they didn't, then shut up. Well, the, like, <laughs> they, yeah, they looked at other studies that showed conflicting data. That's the if there was if there was information that said men who have sex with men are at significantly higher risk for this thing and this thing. But it didn't have that. Yeah. Anyway, and I, so I think then you look at sex tourism. That that's just general sex. Like we're already worried about having sex while you're tra traveling internationally. Much less a more specific kind of definition of sex tourism. That so I think that's why this is important to talk about and think about. Yeah. Well, you're you're touching on what I think is the confusion for me, mm. right? Like mm -hmm. there's there's there are places that you go that you are a tourist. And if you have sex there, is that sex tourism? I I, I think that there's the thought of, of sex tourism as being the like the businessman who disappears for a week to Thailand. Yep. Or 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 goes to Amsterdam and lives in the red light district for a while. And 
I, I don't know. Did you did you have a thought or a feeling about the phrase before the episode? Is it no, I, that those were like okay? Is that like traveling just to have sex with someone? Is that right? There then there is like sex work. There's uh, so I I don't know. I didn't know what I didn't know the difference between any of this. Well, typical the Wikipedia article for sex tourism just says that sex tourism refers to the practice of traveling to foreign countries, often on a different continent with the intention of engaging in sexual activity or relationships in exchange for money or lifestyle support. Now, uh, you seemed they go lifestyle on, support. That's that phrase seemed to, you said that in a different way. So I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that. They, they go on to say this practice predominantly operates in countries where sex work is legal, but there are countries where laws prohibit sex work that people go for sex tourism. Now, I, I have a couple of problems or questions with that definition. The first is, I don't, is California a foreign country? <laughs> to whom? Because, <laughs> like, it's all about me, Kyle. It's always about me. Oh, to you? No. That's it. Wow. I, you've never given me such an easy question I, that I could softball in there. I know the answer. California is part of this United States. I don't. And I will die by that. I appreciate it. <laughs> Appreciate that for now. Yeah, for now, there are forty-eight states yeah. in this country, and I remember that. Great. The other two aren't connected. How do they count? <laughs> you have to be touching to count. All right. That's what I say about polyamorous couples too. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um. So, so I don't understand the foreign country requirement. I I think that you know it's. I think it should still count as sex tourism if you fly to rural nevada to go to the chicken ranch brothel is that a real place that is a real place how is it i've not been do you are you having is it's, it it's lady sex workers Kyle. Oh, okay 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 <laughs> uh, so you chick they're referring to them as chickens it's the chicken ranch they raise chickens there and are the chickens ladies or are they actual are there chicken are there real chickens is what i really want to know <laughs> I, i'm confused <laughs> is this I, <laughs> Was that a lady <laughs> acting like a chicken? Is that the benefit? Which, what is this? Which came first, the chicken or the lady? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Kyle. The chicken ranch is a very famous brothel. Oh. I think it was actually in Texas, not in Nevada. Oh. Uh, there are several in Nevada because prostitution is legal in the state of Nevada. Mm, um, because of Las Vegas. Because of, but it's not in Clark County, which is where Las Vegas is. So Interesting, you have to go out. Sex work in the city of Las Vegas is illegal because it is in Clark County, but the rest of the state of Nevada, sex work is legal. Huh. And regulated. And there are brothels. Interesting. Legal operating brothels. I think, I think. At least there were before COVID. I don't know. They might all close down. Cause oh, like, that's a tough business. Yeah. Like everyone switched over to OnlyFans and that's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You, you had a thought. Oh, I mean, internationally, like there are different concerns for domestic versus foreign kind of things and and it, it's like you know managing you know I, I think all of this is around the spread of stis that seems to be like the one of the or no there's a lot more like sex trafficking and, and other things to worry about but yeah. a big health concern is stis and i think internationally that's you know we we think a lot about you know what happens in our country with stis versus what is brought in from other countries and so that's i think a big part of where oh, i feel i i'm like not saying this i feel like there's a there can be a shitty way to say this to say that like 
I don't know, traveling other places like gives you disease and I don't want to do that. That's why I'm like not yep. saying it great. Yep, like yep, 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 yep. international travel, no matter who's going where, the globalization of the like the world means that things are more likely to spread. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we're more concerned about what comes into the country from elsewhere that yep. we're not prepared for. Yeah. Or don't know about. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. Like I, I, I agree. I, I just um I, I think that the imp- the importance of the foreign country thing is more about sex trafficking and mm. applicable laws and immigration patterns. That's true. And, or foreign laws are are different, which is what which said in the definition. Like that makes that that's a reason for people to travel internationally is because it may be legal elsewhere. You know, sex work may be, may be legal, and, and things you can do might be totally legal in other places, which is why they go to certain places. Right. Right. I just. I just. I don't know the foreign countries needs to be in there for my working definition or like what I want to talk about necessarily. Okay. Like, I don't know if I travel to Eastern Washington, like mm-hmm. that's the, you're missing a, such a big part of the concern. I'm trying to give you the opportunity to say that me, me flying somewhere to bang a listener is sex tourism. Oh and- fuck. I changed my mind. <laughs> God damn it. You were setting me up so good for that. <laughs> I, Fuck, I didn't... I, yeah, no. It's great. It's not... Cut all that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Mm, You're right. Mm. I do think sex tourism can happen domestically. Let's talk a little bit more about that, Mike. Have you sure. considered or done that anytime recently? Uh, yesterday? No, I... I, I, I <laughs> that's, why, that's, what, that's where we were going with that, right? What I also think is interesting, though, in the definition that I do want to talk about is... Mike will fuck you is what <laughs> Is what I'm saying to everyone, or let you fuck me? You know, oh yeah, that's true. I don't. Uh, uh, but uh, it, it doesn't just have to be for money. The, mm. This this definition, anyway, specifically calls out lifestyle support. And I don't yep. know what they think is wrapped up into that, but I am going to assume that like picking up dinner, paying for an Airbnb. I have information about that in my study. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um. You're you're right. I shouldn't tease you along with not a very big payoff. <laughs> Speaking of that, how was your trip? <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that later too. Okay. Off pod probably. Oh, okay. Uh yeah. Okay. Now I want to talk to you about the history of sex tourism. This to me feels like something that's like since the existent like since people figured out other people existed, they've probably been traveling to fuck them. Like in my mind. So Excellent point. Oh, really? And Thank you so much. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, now, because because this is this this is really interesting to me. Uh, the idea of travel as something that you do for leisure is a pretty modern thing. Is travel for leisure? <laughs> the new thing, Mike. Is it a leisurely new thing or leisure? Yeah, I say leisure. All right, fine. like a regular American. Great. <laughs> It's it's that's new. People okay. haven't had people that's haven't true. had the mobility, the technological capability like cars and airplanes. Or you uh, build your kind of group and other outsiders almost scary like you're yep. almost defending your territory against other people. There's a yep. Yeah. community and insider versus outsider kind of thing that's like Yes. Absolutely. It it is it is a it is a relatively in the history of modern or, oh, sorry, human interaction, hmm. a, a pretty a pretty modern thing, and therefore sex tourism. The way that we were just talking about it, definition wise, is also 
pretty new. Hmm. A lot of people say that it has to do with sex work being a thing in a place because sex work is the world's oldest profession. <laughs> it's the traveling there to have the sex work happen part that's that's hmm. sort of new-ish. But having um, sex work be a thing in a place and then having a war happen and having the military come, oh. particularly American military people, who then utilize the sex work services in that location. Yeah. And then after the war is over, the men going back there because they had a good time and, <laughs> and enjoyed that. They're, they're there with their bros and those who didn't want to get down with the D because it's convenient are like, okay, well, where else can I go then to fuck? Yes, yes. And 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 over and over again, I saw specifically the military as being the 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 uh, the, the vehicle for the modern sex tourism trade. Hmm. Uh, sp- specifically, there was some in World War One, a lot more in World War Two, particularly in the Pacific. A lot of our ideas about Asian sex tourism come from World War II. I mean, there's a stereotype of like our assumptions. You mentioned Thailand already. That came up many times. And there we there are certain locations in the world that we have such a stereotype yep. that I it seems Southeast to me, Asia. Absolutely. Yeah. It seems like to me might be more likely to be true. But then it's one of those things you run away with. And that's all you think about certain cities or countries, which is the shitty part of like ignoring that there's a you know, full, diverse, rich, <laughs> fully realized. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. There's more than just culture. sex there. Yeah. Although uh, like Thailand, I, um, can I say the H word? Like Hummer? a common epithet that I have heard, at least growing up is, is Thai hooker. Like that's a, that's oh. a, that's a phrase that goes together because like, that's oh. what, Tha- that's what Thailand is for. Hmm. And I, 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 I think that's, I mean, I don't want to use that phrase again, but like, I, yeah. I, I think that like the, the, the fact that that rings true or mm. like is a, um, not and, true is like a phrase that feels right. The, to, yeah. Yeah. It like right in an icky way. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But is because, because Southeast Asia has this reputation yeah. as, as being where, where such things happen. Pangina Heels has talked about this. We had her on, um, talking about self-harm and that whole oh, yeah, like, yeah. separate thing that was you know, not gayish, but like, I would love to have her back on. She's talked about Thailand and has like, is doing like a TV show to show how rich, interesting, like the food there is and the, the history and it's people and all, all these like cool things about it. I want to have her back on. I would love if she would come on the, the show and talk about Thailand because there are such big stereotypes that we have about Thailand. And, and it, I would love for her to be able to speak to this. So, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can get her again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and um, if, if you could, Give her a call, Kyle. You yeah. have her on speed dial, don't uh-huh. you? Um, yeah, Thailand specifically, uh, uh, sex work has been documented for at least 600 years. Um, and uh, there was a lot of soldiers, U.S. forces during the Second Indochine War and uh, Vietnam, who then utilized sex work services in Thailand and then started going back even after the war was over and they were back with their families. Hmm. But the big, big boom seems to be Vietnam Hmm. that Vietnam had the, the economics were there for people to do international travel, the infrastructure and technology airplanes and whatnot was there. And you had a whole bunch of American service members in parts of the world where sex work was more readily available that that seems to be the 1970s really seem to be the heyday of 
where sex tourism got its start. <laughs> Which I was just surprised because I expected, like you, that like it was going to go back a bajillion years. Oh, we always and, be fucking. Yeah, but 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 not really. Yeah. There are a couple of examples <gasps> where it was true, and one of them is horrible. But we're going to talk about it. Ooh. So, uh, in Cyprus, Aphrodite is uh, you know one of the the ancient Greek goddesses of among other things sex uh but apparently uh there was i just it just blows me away so apparently every single woman in cyprus was expected to go to the temple of aphrodite at least once in her life and fuck someone for money so Paphos is a place that had this uh, this this uh, phenomenon, but it was the fifth century BC, and um, uh, the Greek historian Herodotus wrote, "quote The foulest Babylonian custom is that which is that which compels every woman of the land to sit in the temple of Aphrodite and have intercourse with some stranger at least once in her life. It applied to all women, high and low. Although rich ladies would drive to the temple in covered carriages to get their." business done this is quoting herodotus a woman could not refuse payment once a stranger had made his choice and cast money into her lap she would be forced to have intercourse outside the temple this i don't this feels like bible shit to me of like look the bible says this thing has to happen so it just has to and it's like oh no this thing says you have to do this so you just do yeah it's giving me those vibes yeah and then he adds the very dickish Ugly women might have to wait for years before oh, someone comes along. My God. Yeah. So, so uh, apparently, though, there it became such a thing that yes, every single woman needed to do this at least once in her life, and many would continue to as a way to to make money. They would do it once, but a whole bunch of times in yeah, a row. Yeah. Uh, the 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 temple of Aphrodite became a draw for people to come in. And take advantage of that arrangement. So hmm. men would travel from places not Cyprus to go to the Temple of Aphrodite because here are all these women and they had to put out if you gave them money. Ooh. And it, it's, it's, you're making the right face. You're making an emoji face. Yeah. The, one with, the one with the grimacing teeth. Uh -huh. And, and that's, that's the right face to make. Yeah. That's the one I use most often. It's top in my recently used emoji list. That's <laughs> how I feel so often in my life. But now, particularly, yeah. But yeah, BBC, uh, the, the, the British Broadcasting Company Corporation. Mm hmm. That BBC, BBC Culture uh, says that yeah, it was an ancient form of sex tourism, hmm. and has lots of um, the same sort of overtones to it that we worry about with modern sex tourism of like who's being taken advantage of, and is it compulsory or you know are they there by choice? Um, Le and clearly, legality does not indicate things like consent. Like yeah. we think about legality as useful, and I still think it is, but that's not the end all be all. To this could be something that was very legal, and if it's compulsory, that's like, yeah, yep, gross. Yeah. Um, a little bit later, I'll talk about the history of gay sex tourism. But Ooh. um, you're gonna give me some Gata first. Oh yeah. Okay. Here we go, Mike. Great. Gata. Let's do it. Let's do it. I looked at a study called Beyond Sex Tourism, Gay Tourists and Male Sex Workers in Puerto Vallarta, Western Mexico, a 2012 study by Cristobal Mendoza. Um, and Puerto Vallarta. 
Putting the PV in HPV for decades. Putting the PP in PV. <laughs> um, wait. And P in the B? It's not P. There's Bless no PV in. It's PB. Anyway. Yeah. So this was a unique one. It talked about initially about all of the existing work that's been done on. First of all, it just started with tourism. So much of the, even the research on tourism, like it's a recent thing to look at sex during tourism. Then it also added that a lot of times studies look from the white male tourists perspective, which is that's a lot of studies are, you know, very focused on the demographic of what do white men do yeah. or think. Yeah. And so this one, I, I liked it because it, uh, it was a, a qualitative study where they talked specifically to the sex workers in Puerto Vallarta mm -hmm. to understand from them what's going on with them, what do they think, what do they feel, all that stuff. And a little bit about Puerto Vallarta, because that's what, like, that to, to me was like, oh, yeah, that's a gay place. Yeah. Does yeah. that, like, Palm Ab Springs, like, Absolutely. Fire Island. Yeah, okay. Uh, some stats that the average tourist in Puerto Vallarta is a 36 to 50-year-old man from the U.S. or Canada. More than 35% of its hotel capacity is for gay men. Wow. That's a lot. Why? I mean, I knew it was gay. I didn't know it was that gay. Very, very gay. <laughs> what, you go to three hotels, one of them is probably focused on gay men. Yeah. The economic spillover from gay tourism is as high as $4.5 billion annually. Ooh. And it is the second ranking among the international homosexual destinations for U.S. visitors. They, um, It's funny. They, they they refer to the pink dollar a whole bunch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, as, as being like, you know. They want that gay money. Yeah. It's a, a, but uh, in, in the UK, they call it the pink pound. <laughs> no. And I think pink pound just sounds like. We call it bussy now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, and, and, you know, this study was back in 2012. So keep that in mind in terms of like numbers and stats. Okay. So they taught, they observed or talked to uh, sex workers in late 2007 to find sex workers, they talked to local organizations that already worked with them. They talked to the staff at gay places, so they would probably know, you know, who hangs out there. Um, they used the internet. They asked when they talked to a sex worker, they asked about a friend that they could talk to in a method they called snowballing. Woo! I love snowballing the sex workers. Yeah. Um, and they, so they, There's no snow in Mexico. <laughs> but there is snowballs. <laughs> Yummy. Of the 12 sex workers, I thought this was real interesting. Four self-identified as homosexual. Okay. Six identified as bisexual. Wow. Okay. So two identified as heterosexual. Sure. Uh, was that disbelief I sensed in your voice, Mike? I don't know. Yeah, probably. It sounds... Well... How much dick did they suck? <laughs> but, okay. Do you... Do you... This... This is a little bit different, but gay for pay. Do you think that's a thing? Respond in centimeters. No, um, I, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, okay, okay, it is. See, I, it absolutely is. Okay, it absolutely is. Change that tone. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, if there are a lot of straight go-go boys who are actually straight, and I believe them, and like they're very, very hot, and they are straight, and they let you touch them, and so I give good them for, money anyway. Yeah. So okay. Deep down, though, mm -hmm. where you want them to be. Um, deep down, <laughs> is there part of you that doubts that a gay sex worker, that a hmm, a sex worker that has sex with men, that they can be straight? Is there like a... Well, the thing is, like, I could barely have sex as it is, much less with somebody that I'm not into. So, like, the, the idea that people are 
capable of performing the act if they're super not into it is the is the like the disbelief right taking tons of dick that i wasn't super into well i mean are there are there straight bottoms i just we'll talk a little bit more about that i just assume that the straight ones are tops but we'll talk i'll just close my eyes and stick my dick in there and but like there's a prostate in there like there are people who like you ha- enjoy a- like receptive anal sex and aren't gay because like there's a literal pleasure button inside your butt. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, another self definition of you know like sex worker like how do you define what you are? Um, three people and I'm uh, will only say these words because they are self definition. Three of them said escort. Three said prostitute. One said masseur. One said transvestite. Mm. Um, again, that's a word that don't use unless someone self identifies that way. Two said, and this is a word I'm only going to use because they use it again, uh, mayate. Um, that could be some, the things I looked up were divided on, in this context, men who have sex with men but reject a gay identity. Okay. Which was interesting. Other definitions of this said that this was a derogatory word similar to the N-word of someone of African descent. Like there was a, there were two, these conflicting definitions and in Urban Dictionary, there was like a fight. Some people were like, no, this has nothing to do with that. It's not this offensive. And so like, I I just, I don't know enough. I won't say that word again, but like that's how they describe themselves. Two did not answer. Two were just like, yeah, pass. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Were they the straight ones? (laughs) I, well, no, I assumed those were the, that other word that I won't say again, because oh. it was like they they don't they have sex with other men but reject a gay identity. Yeah, or maybe that could. Be I'm bisexual. not gay, but my dick is. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so I'm just going to read you some of the things they said that I thought were interesting. Great, or some of the like the the findings. Okay. Oh, one of the se- I I wrote 19 sex worker. That's the 19 year old who was a sex. There weren't 19 sex workers. I got mm. horny for a second. And didn't know why. <laughs> a 19 year old. One of the sex workers who's 19 years old talked about this one who identified as transvestite she's they used he pronouns i don't know um a she, transvestite is a he could be i guess i don't know they use he pronouns i'll use he pronouns he um got like was the only one that talked about having issues with the police and um. another person when when talking about this said transvestites are frequently arrested because they work on the streets they give a bad impression gay sex workers are in a bar or on the beach, but not on the streets. Transvestites work with low income locals and we prefer foreigners. There's an interesting time and place that, and look that is acceptable. And I actually think this is similar to what's acceptable and what's happening in the U S of it's okay to be a gay white man. It's not okay to be trans. I think if you have a trans look about you, if you are public, that's when you get more more likely to get accosted by police murdered or and murdered (laughs) and the idea that it is okay it's it's more okay when you're working with foreigners when you're working with tourists i think that comes down to money that brings in money is useful and the idea of working with low-income locals is like frowned upon Hmm. it's just very interesting that that the 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 times and places where it becomes more acceptable and when it's not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. A lot of them talked about it's, it was very easy getting into sex work. Um, it's harder to get out of it. Oh, partially you start making more money than you could working other jobs. Sure. So it's harder to get out of it in that way. Yeah. 
some people, some of them came to Puerto Vallarta specifically because it was more accepting. So it was actually kind of a, a gay Mecca. And there's this interesting thing where sex tourism can all can not only help people traveling there explore their own identity, but it, it can also then influence the local culture. If gay people are flying to this area to go be gay, then there's more gay people visible than other gay people in Mexico could be more likely to go there because it's gay. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So it's this weird kind Sex of San Francisco in when in the fifties and sixties, oh right? God, I have a thing about that. Oh, okay. It's a Tony Bennett song. Don't worry about it. We'll talk <laughs> about it later. I left my heart in San Francisco. Yeah. Oh. That was I'll just mention it now. That was written by two gay dudes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you knew that? I just okay. Was I it, thought that was interesting. Is it Cole Porter? It was written by George C. Corey and Junior and Douglas Cross. Douglas has two S's on the first name Douglas because that's how you know he's gay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, a gay couple who recently moved away from, had moved away from San Francisco. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, that exact same idea of like the people traveling there for sex can then influence the culture. And I mm-hmm. thought that was interesting. Um, most of those interviewed and this is the phrase that the research said, internalized pleasure, but externalized guilt. Oh, what? okay. What? Like they enjoyed sex. They enjoyed living this gay lifestyle as they described it, but they blamed others like their friends, like these tourists coming in, like the city itself blamed them for getting them involved in sex work to begin with. That's interesting. That's it's convenient i know <laughs> i wonder how much of that is yeah it is e- a little bit easier to blame others for the hard parts of it yeah that seems like a way to just get around like the the ju- the judgment of other people mm. like you know i fucking love my job i love to fuck and they pay me it's amazing but also you know i, I had to Cause, yeah, because this other shit. Well, yeah, you're right. That is like how you deal with it. That sucks that they're that people are judged for that and need to find someone to blame to make it so it wasn't their fault that they're yeah. doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, most are in it for the money, but it's not just the cash money. Mm-hmm. This is the other things they were talking about earlier. Some of the things of value that they could get. It could be dinner. It could be clothes. It could be a place to stay for the night. Um, and it was interesting because like one person talked about how they didn't have like a rate. They just talked to them about their financial situation. I have rent due or I have whatever. And the tourists often would like understood that had money and would pay for some of those things. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, like while they were there during that time, they would pay for their experiences or things. So okay. that is part of the kind of income or value or lifestyle of this. I have like more things. Maybe I can tell you a lot more about the studies on the um, Patreon. Cause there's like a lot of interesting things about like just when we got into like research on sex tourism. One said that there, there are these stereotypes about the sex workers themselves that are why people are going there. And the word that they described that I would not use in most any other context is, is exotic. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the idea that like one person was more light-skinned and he was like, it's harder for me to get work because they are coming here for a dark skin. They're coming to Mexico for a dark-skinned, a look and an attitude, a machismo attitude that is these stereotypes that we have are assumptions of what it means to be yeah. Mexican, but yeah. that's what they're traveling there for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you will make more money if you fit that assumption. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
um, or penis size. I forgot that one. That's also like an assumption about people with darker skin. That's an assumption that the stereotype that people bring in with them that, that they want from sex workers. I was, I was reading some about that being true for, for straight people also, mm. right? Like the, but specifically the phenomenon of middle-aged white women traveling, traveling to Caribbean countries or African countries yeah. for an exotic thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I encountered, I, I think the term was dread scored. I haven't heard that. An escort with dreadlocks. Oh. Because that's like the the thing that she's going for. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. how very problematic it yeah. is. Oh, yeah. It, well, it, that's like the assumption that someone has a big dick is one of those positive stereotypes that can feel real shitty and dehumanizing. Yeah. So it's, yeah, but that is part of, and, you know, people that are sex workers understand they're looking for, like, there's a look to this that is important. They talked about like age, like only one was, one was 37. That was the oldest. Most were in their twenties. A couple were in their teens. Yeah. Um, and a, five out of 12 said they wanted a future outside of sex work. And they worried about as they were aging, what they were going to do then. Cause yeah. it's not forever. Yeah. It's like being a model. Like that's, this we're is a porn not, star. We were a porn star. Yeah. Um, in terms of orientation, this is the last thing I'll talk about for one of the straight sex workers. They asked physically, are you attracted to them? Are you aroused by men? And um, the sex worker answered, let's say I like it when they touch me, but being with gay men isn't really for me. So interesting. I agree. Is it like in the, in the like, just human contact is nice regardless of who the human is. I was thinking that too. Like, yeah, if I could, if I could get over my own bullshit, I would cuddle with women. I would do, I would t like touch hugs with women. Like there's something about human touch that feels good. Yeah. A, a woman playing with your hair. Like I like that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And that's different than like, I'm not physically attracted or yeah. want to have sex right then. Yeah, absolutely. Some even um, talked about, this is like back to the like kind of machismo. Some of them, the way they define, like one had a kind of a big reaction and explained that, especially in countries with this kind of macho tradition, that they clarified that they do not get penetrated. And hmm. that's, it only makes you, and you've talked about this before in other points in history, like it's only gay if you're the receptive part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's some felt the need to reinforce, even with the interviewers, that they were basically the tops. Yeah. Um, some are in it for the pleasure. And so it's not, uh, you know, there are people that liked doing, they liked having sex with people. They enjoyed it. So that part was fun. Um, but these are, uh, this is the quote I'll leave you with. Uh, sexual practices may be negotiated, but sexual identities do not. Wow. It seemed that seemed to be their takeaway that they are willing to, you know, even some people that describe themselves as heterosexual are in this, but that does your practices do not change or influence your identity of, are you straight or gay? Yeah. And I think that happens. I think we see that. I think that's true outside of sex work. Something that I'm coming to understand that the way people describe them is not literal. Here's the, all the actions I do. So I'm going to be descriptive about my actions. You have an identity that is a separate thing. That's how you describe yourself that may or may not correlate to what you actually do physically. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I think that's a really interesting about human sexuality that, uh, that I don't think enough people realize. Yeah, for sure. Well, and like there's so much more to identity than just the, the who you bang and yeah that's, that's then, yeah, then a like literal you could have a whole podcast about that <laughs> someone should do a good job at that <laughs> <laughs> that's the study i had awesome well as promised 
uh, is going to talk about the history of gay sex tourism. Sweet. And something you said felt like a really good segue, but I forgot what it was. So, yeah, like I said, someone should do a good podcast about these <laughs> topics. <laughs> Uh, so, so gay sex tourism is very similar to straight sex tourism in a lot of ways. There's a study, sorry, that said, um, uh, quote, leisure activities and holidays have a particular significance for gay men as they provide an opportunity for constructing, confirming, and or changing their sexual identity. Quick aside, this, uh, there's this whole, um, thing about the sex tourism as being a way to just like dip your toes into the water of Lake Faggot. (laughs) Yes. I'm not sure if I'm gay. I'm going to go on a sex tourism adventure to test that theory and see. There's this like internal conflict about my identity. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go on a sex tour and, and, be super gay in a foreign country for a short period of time and evaluate how that feels. But I think that's brilliant and sad and interesting. It's just, it's like, it's a risky proposition. Even if everything works out, it's like, I mean, you've described your first sexual experience, like so much weight that you placed on that of whether I'm gay or not. Like that's a lot of weight to place on a really specific situation you've concocted that if it goes poorly, not because you're not gay, but just because this is a, a weird situation you're using to explore. Like yeah. it's just so much weight to put on that one thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yet uh, there's, there's enough people that do that, that it's mm. like there's mm. lots of analysis of, of those kinds of behaviors. However, gay sex tourism and straight sex tourism tend to go to different locations. Mm. They, um, uh, th- there is some, some overlap, but popular gay sex tourism markets, the, the, the lists are different. I, I'm going to do the game later and I don't want to give you any of the answers. Ooh. So gay sex tourism history, back to the history stuff. Really? Hey, history fans, listen up. It's your time again. You get to this episode. Good news. When do you think the first gay tour company started? A travel agency that would send you on a gay adventure. 90s. 1990s. <laughs> Great. Uh, he Travel, H-E Travel, eh. was a merger between Hans Ebenstein Travel and Allison Adventures. The roots of that company started in the 1970s. So they started doing rafting tours in the Grand Canyon. For gays? For gays. What gay is like? Oh, okay. And to Rio for Carnival. I'm just writing down Rio later to guess. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the beginning of it. And then a bunch of gay hotels began opening up in Key West, Florida. And that's about the same time that Provincetown, Massachusetts, P-Town became a thing. And they started actively marketing to gay and lesbian travelers. And there was a sexualized sort of seedy overtone to, mm. to all of this. But yeah, if you were that public about it, you were probably some kind of sexual thing like you didn't see marketing for like delta now presents you know seats for gays it's like a regular seat but it's rainbow right 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 right. although companies are starting to do that right like yeah uh, yeah yeah. uh, this this article that i'm referencing here came out of the new york times it's called the evolving world of gay travel and uh, they they were making the point that 
all of these companies that are getting accused of using the like trying to get access to the pink dollar or the pink pound <laughs> uh that they that they're new and exploitative and and like the, this is the first time that we've been targeting gay people to get their money for travel purposes and mean, meanwhile this this guy from he travel was saying quote there's a sea change in the last few years and people are skeptical of companies suddenly trying to tap the lgbt market the thing is it's already been tapped hmm Gay and lesbian people have been traveling for all time, and in fact, they were some of the first travelers because they were people who didn't feel accepted in their own communities. Mm. This, uh, get the fuck out of wherever the fuck you're from and go to somewhere where it's fucking okay to be there. Yeah, uh, yeah. is is a lot of of where 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 gay travel and sex tourism stuff started. Uh, but then I also wanted to talk a little bit history wise about Morocco. Wait, so my guess of the '90s, it was earlier than that. '70s. It was '70s. Okay. That, that they were he the origins of those still marketed themselves as gay even back in the 70s yes wow and rafting i guess they're poles and you get splashed in the face i'm trying to think of what the value is <laughs> i don't know you're in the in a there's a big hole like okay i don't know well and also the idea that like yeah we're gonna do this we're gonna go on this rafting tri- rafting trip and and then we're gonna fuck right like the, i guess that's like gets your heart you're like ooh, i almost died let's have sex with each other now I don't know. There's Sorry, this, Morocco. There's this really interesting story, story on on uh, BBC.com uh, th- about how Morocco apparently was a gay ha- haven and a gay travel destination in the 1950s. Hmm. So there was a a family-run hostel called El Muniria, and apparently it's this place where like a bunch of gay American and British authors traveled to and hung out hmm. it, it, like they and we even know like what room so in room nine william burroughs you know who william burroughs is I've heard uh, name. author yeah, I, apparently he was uh, he wrote the naked lunch which is one of the 20th century's most shocking novels according mm. to the bbc um but he was he was high on drugs and uh uh wrote the book uh, at least part of it in in uh, in that room high and gay yep <laughs> And Allen Ginsberg apparently stayed there, and Jack Kerouac stayed there. Uh, apparently, the uh, the American novelist Paul Bowles would stay there. But um, the this the the author asked the owner of the of the place why were these giants of American literature so attracted to Tangier, Morocco? And uh, she said with a smile, "Quote: I think you know the reason." And it's because before independence, Tangier was in an, in, in an international zone that was administered by several different European countries without a very rigid rule of law. There was basically mm. no police, no oversight. And uh, despite being a very Muslim country, especially now, at that time, it was largely just unregulated and homosexuality was more or less tolerated or at the very least not prosecuted <laughs> and alan ginsburg in 1954 wrote about morocco quote i go to bed with an arab in european clothes several days later i meet an arab in native dress and we repair to a turkish bath now i am almost but not quite sure it is the same arab in any case i have not seen number one again it's like i've been to bed with three arabs since arrival but i wonder if it isn't the same character in different clothes and every time better behaved cheaper more respectful I really don't know for sure, but the the idea that you could whisk away to Morocco to bang dudes in the 1950s is just 
so counter to what Morocco feels like now and yeah. today. And there's just this weird quirk of history that like it was at least briefly a a sex tourism destination for gay dudes. Huh. I've I've been there. Uh, to Tangiers? Mm-hmm. Really? It w- I, Did you have sex with any <laughs> sex workers? I was not out then, so I wasn't even having sex with anyone. Um uh I oh no I was, but secretly in, in my in my room with my roommate. Um uh, yeah, this was uh the we went to Marruecos, as you call it in Spanish, um during the like between summer study abroad sessions in Spain. So mm-hmm. I went there for a week. It was beautiful. It was amazing. Half of us got stomach things, I think, because some of the food that they took us to eat was like both delicious. First time I ever drank tea and liked it. I've liked tea once in my life. It was this mint tea in Morocco, which God, now that I say that sounds so douchey. I'm so happy for me. Gay. Um, and <laughs> very gay. And I'm, sh- I'm guessing the food is why I got like the like why half of us got had these stomach issues. Mm. And then we had to go back and tell our Spanish like mom that was hosting us to like not make us that much food and only make us chicken and rice. And that was a very difficult thing for like a Spanish lady <laughs> to be like, Oh, like that you just would get mounds of rice and, and ch- so much chicken and still have flan for dessert, which I still ate. Cause like, how are you not going to eat a Spanish lady's homemade flan? Uh, anyway, <laughs> but I know I didn't fuck any tour or any sex workers was the point. I think. <laughs> well, I, I was surprised at how far back specifically gay, Travel for sex, sex tourism, yeah, uh, has been a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I can leave it at that. Why don't we? I want to do this game that I'm gonna. All right. God, I love embarrassing myself on this show. All right. According to GayTravel.com in 2019, the top 20 gay-friendly destinations in the world for sex. For sex. Okay, I was gonna. Okay, this is specifically to have sex with. Top 20. How many of them can you get? Here we go. God, I can't wait to cut this out because I sound so stupid. No. Uh, uh, Bangkok. Bangkok, Thailand is number six. Woo! You're doing it. Um, I'm going to go Puerto Vallarta. Puerto Vallarta is number one. Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Wow, this one said it was number two at least back when it was released. And it didn't say what the first one was, so I should have. Uh, Rio de Janeiro. Rio de Janeiro is not on <gasps> this list but sao paulo is so i'm gonna give it to you oh thank you They're this different is the cities, kind of but... they <laughs> they sound different when i say the names out loud i yeah i do hear that thank you um uh i'm gonna go amsterdam amsterdam netherlands number eight god okay uh, i'm gonna go canada just because the laws i don't know what their laws are but they seem like they're like a pretty chill place so i'm gonna go toronto toronto canada number 12 Woo! <laughs> uh, you're doing so good <laughs> are there places in the u.s there are one two three four locations in the united states damn on this list. okay um new york new york city number two uh, palm springs palm springs usa number 16 okay I like now should I just go with the big ones like uh, London Paris London England is number five Paris is number 11 okay well okay so if I'm going big cities now uh, Rome (laughs) Rome is not on the list which I think is maybe the Catholic thing oh yeah the Vatican's like right fucking there they're like we can see you from here although now it's a big destination for sex tourism because uh Pope Pope uh, Benedict is dead and we can just fuck on his grave now. Just, they don't watch that. 
<laughs> well, he's, I, I, he might still be out of the ground. Like, oh, really? Like this There's still time, <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> I might be out of guesses. All right. Uh, the other U, uh, U.S. Uh, locations, San Francisco is number four. Ah, fuck. And Miami is number seven. Oh, um, I wouldn't have guessed. The Golden Girls, they, they built, weren't they in Miami? Yep. They built a foundation of gayness that we've continued growing. Uh, going from the end of the list back, the ones that you didn't get, uh, Barcelona, Spain Barcelona, is number 20, uh, Tokyo, number 19, Hong Kong, China is number 18, Brighton, England, oh. which uh, I would not even in a million years have gotten that one, uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina, which mm, I you... fucked a daddy there. That was yeah, fun. Yeah. Was it, was it sex tourism or just tourism is sex on tourism? It was tourism in which sex happened. Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Copenhagen, Denmark is number 13. Berlin, Germany, where I saw a guy get a dick tattoo is number 10. Uh, Madrid, Spain is number nine. And last, uh, Tel Aviv, Israel is number mm. three, which I know I've heard Tel Aviv is super gay and like has a lot of gay shit happening. But I just I did not have like number three gay sex destination. No. At all on my list. But yeah, same Z's. Yeah. Anyway. That's uh that's uh yeah, gaytravel.com. Thanks. I think that we should save for Patreon. Yeah. I might tell you a little bit more of the findings from the um the study because I there were lots of interesting things that the sex worker said that sure. and I di- didn't cover all of it. Yeah. Um but I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that. I think we should talk about that stuff um on Patreon. All right. Let's do it. Um we didn't talk as much uh, I want to make sure we talk about you. Oh. You have sex when you travel. What about you? What about I don't I don't do I'm a classy broad. <laughs> you liar. I know. <laughs> I just think of... I don't travel anywhere. They travel to me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, that is one thing that I do, I do host, but it's mostly out of laziness. <laughs> it's, it's mostly because I don't want to have to like go to you. Like, pussy. I, <laughs> I get, get in this pussy. Oh, Give me those commies. God. Ugh. <laughs> That's way worse. I know. I hate both of those words. Uh, baby gravy. Great. Okay, but I think of you as being more likely to travel to a place to specifically to fuck someone. Well, okay, okay. Now we're putting a finer point on things. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think that's why I associate. Like, I will if I happen to be traveling. Like, sure, I will probably get blasted and then get blasted. But sure. like, yeah. But you know, I I I would not like book a flight because like, hey, I'm gonna go fuck this dude. Yeah. Yeah, and I have, and I do. Is that sex tourism? I don't think so. Maybe. I don't. I don't think so either. It's something, though, isn't it? It it's feels a like thing. it needs a name. <laughs> Is that why you're differentiating international sex tourism and just sex tours? Like, there's a there's a domestic sex tourism, <laughs> and I'm not going there to pay for sex. Although I am paying for sex to happen. Oh, I mean, uh, don't all of us pay for sex in some way? And then I also right, ladies. Oh. <laughs> and then I also like I was just in palm springs this last week and like i I paid for a bunch of shit like and is that that's not cash changing hands but that's like under the guise the the like the lifestyle support or whatever the fucking phrase was in the the wikipedia definition you paid for dude's lifestyle support do you pay for like dinners or nights or something yeah what like what like like dinners when when we go out to eat i i pick up the tab and you know okay daddy (laughs) yeah very much and uh, like and you know pay for drinks when we're out roaming around and 
Uh, you're making yourself sound like a like high roller that just travels around and like spends money on like his get my know, dms like, boys i guess it's what it's, it's you're making yourself kind of you're putting out a sense of yourself that is like i think a, a part of you but not all of you but like it's still there's a part of you that does that oh you mean like my real life or yeah like, yeah that's not like there is that is a part of your identity is paying for people or yeah like showing up in a place and picking up the tab hmm. that hmm. people would like categorize that as daddy behavior but there's like that there's there's more to you than just those things, but I think those things are included in part of your behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm also not anti-sex work. Like, I'm not above at all go, like, going somewhere and utilizing the services of a sex worker, which is really interesting, right? Because um, I, I watched this movie. I'm obsessed with this movie. Have I ever talked to you about this movie? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it, to is, say what it is, it is uh, Best of Luck to You, Leo Grand. Mm-mm. It also, it could be just titled Emma Thompson Hires a Sex Worker. <laughs> uh, oh, I've seen, is it, that's like on Hulu or something? Hulu or Netflix. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's literally, it's Emma Thompson hires a sex worker. Like most of the movie is just the two of them in a hotel room hmm. navigating all of the issues of sex work and, and what's going on and uh, the transactional nature of it, the 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 issues of like she's in her 50s or 60s or whatever and not feeling like uh very attractive mm-hmm. and all of the like weird human connection things or like lack thereof anyway it's an excellent movie and i highly recommend it and everyone should please watch it because i think it's amazing and it, it, emma thompson's boobs are in it a whole bunch <laughs> um but, uh, if you want access to a free 30-day trial of Hulu, go to Hulu.com. <laughs> I think they just give... I think you can just do a free trial. I don't think you need our code. We don't have a code. I think you can just go there and get a one-week free trial. This is just my personal plug for Hulu. Hulu, we're less transphobic than Netflix. Ding! I do think that it is interesting. If I look at myself from the outside and analyze my own behavior, it is interesting. Or uh, what's the word? Why can't I come up with this word? oxymoronic no Hmm. conflicts it doesn't make sense Hmm. that i in my normal personal everyday sex life require human connection we talked about it on the demi episode whatever Mm -hmm. episode that is that like that is such a important part of me having a fun successful sexual encounter with someone also enjoys this very transactional we're doing this because i'm giving you money yeah arrangement and that doesn't compute like that that conflicts yeah and and yet and yet it is true i love gogo boys i I love to give them money so that they like pay attention to me and i get to touch their bodies and like that's so that's weird that's Mm -hmm. weird it like not the behavior I totally support yeah, yeah. The, the the behavior. It just it it is so out of touch with so many other things are also true about me and my sexuality. Well, I think we have op- opposite anxieties. I get more anxious if I am paying, and I like I don't know that we've even talked about this. Like I have hired sex workers before too. So mm. also like both personally as a person, what I, things I support and like monetarily I've done this. But mm. like it, I I have op opposite anxieties of like when i i've most recent time it's been a while but like the most recent time i did not do anything like uh bj's is the most i did like i didn't want to do any more it was like 
kind of someone to hang, I was like one of those people like kind of someone to hang out with and like you had a nice dick like but that was I didn't want to do more because like my anxiety is like oh fuck now you have to I know you don't now you have to do what I'm paying you for and do you really want to or do you really care whereas you're the opposite like there's something that that helps reduce anxiety or barriers or something yeah. that is useful to you in enjoying it which I think yeah. that's so weird that like these these are like literally opposing anxieties that yeah. The same thing flips both of us yeah. in different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's, we're we're very different people, Kyle. I guess so. <laughs> we should make a podcast to talk about it. <laughs> I also think that like the, hmm. I don't know if I want to talk about this on the pod, actually. Uh awkward segue. There is there is a significant difference between like hiring a sex worker in which like the, here is a cash transaction for in exchange of what's going to happen or even like a go-go boy of like here's here's money in your jockstrap for this this thing that is happening that is not the same as what I conceive of in myself as being just generosity mm. of like like paying for an experience and mm. showing someone a good time uh, so it's interesting to me that all of this literature about sex tourism includes stuff like mm. meals and and experiences uh, and not necessarily cash in the definition of what sex yeah. tourism is. I, I'm 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 sort of I'm sort of uncomfortable with that because that's not how I feel about it. And yeah. it's also if you take a sex worker on a date and you eat food and you take a non-sex worker on a date and eat food, why is it that just because one is a sex worker is that included in the price of sex work mm. and the other one is a date? Like this is, I think, where our judgments of what it means to be a sex worker and our our judgments of sex and you talked about money exchanges not necessarily hand to hand, but there's money being spent in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And the same thing that happens if it's with a sex worker, all of a sudden that's part of the payment for the sex worker. Yeah. Which right. that that's shitty that those are treated so differently just because of my profession is as a sex worker. But like even your, your talk about the stuff in Puerto Vallarta and the, the Wikipedia definition here would suggest that traveling to Puerto Vallarta and having someone i think a sex worker or not that you are paying for stuff even if you're not paying them for the sex that you have is still sex tourism that's where i think i don't think i think i don't think so i think i mean yeah if you're if we're doing a strict definition of sex tourism as like it is a commert it is a payment of for sex and that can include lots of different forms of payment i think this is where i think we have these weird definitions that i that places judgment on sex work. I think if you go and travel and meet someone that's not a sex worker and you just hang out and hit it off and you're like, we're going to hang out for a little bit. We're going to go out to dinner. Hey, I'm going to pick up the tab. Not because I expect anything of you. Just uh, maybe that's the expectations of it. Are the like, is the expectation that you're paying that? And that's part of this exchange that now you owe me sex. And the only reason I could do that is because you're a sex worker. And we kind of know that going in or like, what's the difference between that and just meeting a local who cares what their job is and you decide to hang out and have dinner. Yeah. I don't know. Is the expectation that, that someone has that I'm paying for dinner as part of my down payment on sex. Some people have that expectation when they, 
some shitty dudes in the US go on a date with a woman and they have that expectation that they're paying sure. for her and that I deserve sex out of this. So like what yeah, that's her job. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> if she has to go to the temple of Aphrodite. And, yeah. Um, yeah I, I, it's the lines get really blurry on, on some of those. And I think it, I think that we, I think it, we would, if the person was a sex worker, we would assume everything you're buying for them now is part of the payment. And I don't like that. That's what I think we would do, but I think we would. And I think you do all those same things to someone who's not a sex worker. And we treat that like you're dating. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I think so. Okay. Okay. I, I went to Palm Springs last week and Mm -hmm. met this dude and yeah, he's a listener. Don't make that face. (gasps) And we stayed in Airbnb and I, I paid for the Airbnb. I paid for our groceries. I paid for our meals. I paid for the Uber. It's because in part it's because this boy's 21 years old (laughs) and like doesn't have the like disposable income that I, that I do. And we knew part of this trip was going to also involve sex in some form. Yeah. Does that, does that change anything about the meaning or the value of what I did? Right. Like, is he, did I accidentally make him a sex worker or does, does he think that he is one? I guess I could ask him Uh, and like, cause I, I didn't give any, give him any money, money, but like, beforehand we knew we were we were meeting here in this place to do some stuff and that i would be paying for it yeah and that's where i think i that's where i think like literally the only and not a date it's not dating like Mm -hmm. like part of your flipping it over is like we call it dating unless that person is a sex worker but this was not a date yeah i don't think it wasn't yeah i mean like that's i literally think if their profession if his profession was a sex worker we would call that like yep that was your payment and if he's not a sex worker we would not call it that and i think that's where our judgment of sex work comes into play and how um how if you really break it down uh, i think it's not as clear cut as sex work or not i think we do a lot of things that sell our body for time Hmm. that may not involve sex that I I just think we, I think, I think it, uh, that scenario actually reinforces if if you told me that he was a sex worker and you did those things now, maybe there's, I think I'm coming back to the expectation that he could have opt. Anyone should be able to opt out at any time. I don't want to do this, but the, if there is an expectation that I'm buying these things and that is part of then now I also, that is part of my payment to, to get sex from you. Maybe that's what is the definite, maybe that's what defines that as sex work Hmm. versus like, we're going to like, yeah, we're going into it expecting to have sex and I'm going to go there and I just happen to be paying for stuff at any time. This person can say like, you know what? I like not feeling the sex thing. Can we just hang out? And you would have been like, sure, absolutely. Let's do it. So like that is not a, then that wasn't a down payment, you know? Yeah. That wasn't payment for a service. That wasn't payment for sex. I don't like any of that, but I think that those, the expectations and the profession of the person, I think that's what then makes it in our head turn to sex work. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's, I don't think it reali- reality is that easy, but I think that's, that's how we categorize it mm-hmm. to make ourselves feel better or something. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think that, do you think you made him a sex worker? No. Yeah. I don't. I really. But don't. if he was a sex worker, how would that have changed things? For for me, I don't think it would. I, I don't think it would. I, it's mostly um, 
it's mostly this this newfound like doing this episode this newfound idea that other people might mm. has me like questioning the whole thing yeah and if he happened to be a sex worker and you said you went there you paid for meals and a hotel and part of your like conversation was about sex i think some people could put that in the category if that was that was payment for sex yeah huh i mean are sugar babies just sex workers in denial Ooh. What is capitalism but sex work without the an <laughs> orgasm? <laughs> this is where we stop the episode, right? All right, all right. <laughs> I think this right. is the mark that we're near the end. Did we do it? Yeah, we did something. Yeah. We we toured in the arena of sex work. Yeah. Well, sex tourism was the topic, so <laughs> I hope we did it. Yeah. You all um come take a tour in our Patreon and pay us for it, and that makes us your sex worker. Yeah. Oh, no, we're doing sexual content for money. Yeah, we are. Are we sex workers? Mm. We're vocal sex workers. Bring it. Fuck my voice. <laughs> Let's Mike. Put let's my take voice a, in your ass. Let's t- <laughs> stick your phone in my in your ass so that my voice can be inside of it. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? We're back. We're back. Um, we're gonna do our gays and straightest. We're gonna do our gays and straightest, but first but first remember but first but first but first but first remember to fill out the survey help us make this show better and amazing for you to love and enjoy even more than you already do go to gayishpodcast.com slash survey um and we want to get your input and help us be honest tell us what you think tell us what you like tell us what you want us to do differently and better yeah also but first but first Mm -hmm. i think for the very first time Two listeners that have no reason to know each other except our show are together. Yeah. A, a, a couple. We we made a couple, Kyle. We, we made a relationship we, happen. We birthed a couple. Ooh, <laughs> and my bus and boy is my bussy tired. But yeah. Mike Mike Covington and, and uh, uh truck driver Jacob are thank, they're together. Thank you. Why does he thank you? Thank you to them for giving us this opportunity to bring you two together. Oh, no, that's really sweet. If you listen to our podcast, you'll get a boyfriend. Yeah. Keep listening, everybody. Isn't it so annoying that they've gotten boyfriends, but I haven't? Right. Shouldn't I be the one that gets a boyfriend from this show? Yeah. Fucking assholes. I'm going to break them up. Okay, great. Okay. Uh, gay Sistratus? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Local gay bar review. Okay. I'm going to talk to you about... The Edge in San Francisco, California. Sure, edge me. Yeah, I'm going to edge you. Uh, so The Edge, it's a place that I actually go to pretty regularly. It's not It's not a, It's not not a. a new thing. Because I worked for Salesforce, did not get fired in all of the, the layoffs last week. Didn't get fired yet. Yet. Uh, but I'm, I'm down in San Francisco with some regularity because that's where headquarters is. And uh, I also have friends there and it's fun there. Anyway. The Edge, uh, it is a it's a it's a smaller bar, but most of the bars in San Francisco are, are sort of smaller. Um, but uh, has a a a, uh, a lot of TV screens in there because on Mondays they do Musical Monday sing-alongs, and that's what I did when I was there. If you're not familiar with the with the format, lots of different places have sort of copied it over time. Especially like like uh, I don't know where it originated, but like Sidetracks in Chicago is another place that mm. like has this same idea of they just like 
basically play YouTube videos <laughs> of shit that gays love that has music to it, yeah. and everybody just sings along at the top of their lungs. It's mostly um, like Broadway musicals and uh, like Disney movies. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 fun, and I was there for a week for work, and went out on Monday with a friend, and and we like sang our little asses off, and it was it was great. Three and a half dildos. That's. <laughs> No, it's no one objectified you. Is what I'm trying. I'm trying to pick up the, you know, what would have gotten it higher. No one objectified you, and you didn't go home with anyone. Um, uh, these are things that could have improved it. I think that's right. I have had a four and a half dildo trip to the edge before. Mm. These rankings are situation specific too. Oh yeah, there's always there's, there's always room for improvement. Well, sure, but like what I mean is like I will reevaluate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and let you know. All right, all right. <laughs> That's a challenge to these gay bars. Earn it <laughs> if you want it. Nice. Um, but okay. Our, start, oh, our website is gayishpodcast.com. <laughs> our um, social media. We're on social media sometimes at Gayish Podcast. Our hotline. You can send us text messages or leave us voicemails. 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rates apply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. Our physical mailing address is post office box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. We got a thing. Ooh. There's so much happening on this episode. <gasps> what do we get? We got a thing. Uh, it is from A.E. Coleman in Chickasha, Oklahoma, which I know it's said it that way because he wrote. Chickasha, pronounced oh. Chickasha. <laughs> That's very sweet. Set Chickasha away. And it's a t-shirt that says rosé, please. Oh, and there's a glass and in it is a rose. That's beautiful. I love it. I'm wearing it now. There you go. Thank you. That's Thanks, very A-E. sweet. I love it. I'm going to I'm going to wear this tomorrow probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we can do our gayest or straightest. Okay, I'll go first. Okay, great. Uh my gayest is watching the movie Don't Worry Darling. Um it is the one with Harry Styles. Oh, God. There was uh, what? Nothing <laughs> just like you're telling me a little bit about the, the Oh, uh, yeah, like someone else explained the dra- I only knew about the drama behind the movie, not anything about the movie itself. I watched it with a guy that explained the drama behind it. We did a little bit of cuddling and kissing. So there's like a, a a boy there too that made it gayer, but like yeah, that whole situation, the whole drama, the whole like did Harry spit on Chris whichever Chris one Pine, yeah. like which that's hot but like yeah anyway yeah just it, everything about that that's movie. the case for the drama like way overshadowed the movie just yes. like Jesse Williams's dick for that musical about <laughs> baseball yep <laughs> it was a good movie I liked it okay it was get out for white women great um so the straightest is I missed my haircut which oh. like haircuts are like you know gays are always like I feel my most powerful after this and I like so to miss it uh-huh. is to miss a charge up or something so yeah 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 you, you you skipped on hair hair okay uh yeah so the straightest thing about me this week uh i was i was down in palm springs and <laughs> gay. We, we, we well that's gay yeah we, uh but uh we we went to the dog park and um i had a f- bio dogs bio dogs okay and i had, I had a, oh my god a gay bar called the dog park there, that has to exist oh already, right? Okay, anyway. you just take all your dogs there and let them sniff each other and whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, but I, I, one of one of the other like dog owners there, which I assumed all of the old men with dogs were gay, but apparently not, because I had a full on conversation with huh. one about Demar Hamlin, the the football player that had a heart attack. Oh yeah, God, that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, but football we were talking yeah, about yeah, football. yeah 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 uh and then the gayest thing about me this week was uh, I went to CCBC in Palm Springs, which is a gay nude 
resort or clothing optional sex hotel as Davy <laughs> Wavy would call it and uh, I just felt it just felt really really gay to be in a naked gay space you can't just drop that at the end of an episode how was it it's good okay that's all you get listeners okay so like the we had to we had to leave the airbnb at like 10 a.m because that's how airbnb rolls but my flight wasn't until like like six so uh i had to be at the airport at like i don't know 3 30 or whatever Mm -hmm. so there was a full-on like four hour four and a half hour like gotta kill some time so it's like let's let's go to the sex hotel then and kill some time there and mostly just sat in the hot tub and i was for sure like in the bottom quartile for age range that oh uh, and like <laughs> I don't know, but i'm usually in the bottom quartile but that means something different to yeah, me yeah absolutely um we have a listeners um every week uh derek posts to instagram a request for your gayest and straightest and posts um and we read every single one of them you bitches uh so uh the i'm gonna pick one the straightest trying a variety of really hot hot sauces hot sauces seems like a straight thing to me yeah doesn't it yeah that's like straight people put hot sauce i don't know i just think of like hot or like not spicy but hot sauce that feels straight to me okay i agree with you you're not convinced yeah okay that's the nature of this show i guess accidentally thematic uh er, gayest is uh i picked getting asked to be someone's sugar baby Ooh. yeah how do you know if you're involved in sex tourism? <laughs> Ask yourself these questions. <laughs> um, I think that's it. Oh, it better be. It? We've been going for a while tonight. <laughs> We've been going for a while tonight. Worst thing sex tourism. For, yeah, yes. Um, so thank you to the following sex tourists, our super gap bridgers, uh, Andrew Bugby. Hi, welcome. Christopher M., John Carley, Stephen Porch, Yo Social, Harry Shaw, Josh Copeland, Jonathan Montanius, Forrest Nail, Patrick Martin, James Barrow, Steve Douglas, Explosive Lasagna, Michael Tribby, Just Jamie, Kevin Henderson, Thomas B., Dusty Sands, A.E. Coleman, Chris Catch-Torrens, and Jerome York. I didn't give Michael his... Hi, Michael. I said hi to you, and I didn't stop as long on that one, and mm. I got anxious. Hi, everybody, and specifically the new, two new folks. I, we appreciate you, and thanks for your money, and yeah. Great. Great. I did it. <laughs> That's it. This has been Gayish from the Chris Cacciatore Studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. That's the sound of your bussy crying. (laughs) Now, Now, here's the news. I've never done that before. <laughs> How did it feel? It felt like I was like a dom top for once. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it.